Guardian Unlimited. Kimi Raikkonen wins at Silverstone, McLaren beaten by Ferrari into second and third places. But Lewis Hamilton finishes on the podium yet again. Yes, hello there, it's Morris Hamilton here from The Observer and BBC Radio 5 Live. This is uh, the Formula One show for Guardian Unlimited. Uh, welcome to Silverstone, welcome to the end of uh, a very emotional and dramatic uh, British Grand Prix that didn't quite bring the result that everybody had hoped for. Nonetheless, Lewis Hamilton finished on the podium yet again with a third place. But I'm joined as ever by Ian Phillips, Business Affairs Manager of Spiker, uh, looking back on the British Grand Prix. Now, Ian, as in France a week ago, it really boiled down to a battle, as we expected, between Ferrari and McLaren, with Ferrari appearing to have the edge again, but it was actually quite close. Yeah, it, it was closer than it was, was last week, and Hamilton's dramatic clinching of uh, pole position on the very last lap of, of Saturday probably uh, flattered the performance of, of the McLaren, really. They never quite looked on the pace of uh, Ferrari up, up until that point. Not, not as badly behind as they were in, in Manicor, as, as you say, but as, as the race unfolded, it once again looked as if Ferrari had, had an edge. Not six tenths that we've, we've previously seen, it was probably two tenths. I thought McLaren actually did a good job as a, as a team. They switched the tactics on, on Alonso's car. They ran different tyre strategies on Hamilton and Alonso. They tried everything. They obviously knew that they weren't quite on the, on the pace here and they had to be adventurous. They were, they still got two places on the podium. Yes, I mean, I think we could we could learn a lot in from uh, watching the reaction in the McLaren garage yesterday when Lewis Hamilton took pole. There, there was a look of we didn't expect this, but boy, we'll have it while it's here because it was a pretty special lap. Nonetheless, one has to say that if Kimi Räikkönen hadn't gone wide uh, at the last corner in his qualifying lap, I'm pretty sure we could say pole would have been Ferrari's, and it might have been a different story in the first phase of this race. Ferrari would have walked away. Yes, I, I think that's uh, that's absolutely right. What it did lead to, I thought, was a pretty spectacular opening 15 or 16 laps before Lewis made his uh, his first pit, pit stop. And to start off with, he thought, perhaps he's in control of this, but you know, after 10 laps, he'd only got nine-tenths of a, a second advantage. He thought, no, this, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna work for him. We still didn't know quite how early he was, he was gonna stop for fuel. And then Kimi put the pressure on. Um, I mean, he really got quite close and had a couple of nibbles to try and get past him. Lewis, as we've come accustomed to now, wasn't going to give an inch. He wasn't going to be intimidated at all. And he hung on really, really well. And it was, you know, it was really tense five laps until he just peeled off into the pits for his, uh, for his first stop. And I suppose at that stage it was effectively over. But Raikkonen had been reading the Michael Schumacher manual just to make sure he threw in two incredibly fast laps and made sure that there would be a two-second uh, advantage when uh, 
when the pit stops evened out, he, he really, he just suddenly went a second a lap faster than he'd been up and, up until that point, you know, just the way the old maestro used to do it. And so that, that's when he got in control of the event. Yes, you're right. I thought it was a pretty shrewd performance, actually, by Raikkonen, because in the opening phase, when he was behind Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton leaning, he had tried to have a little go at him, but Lewis Hamilton shut the door quite firmly on the run down to Cops after the start, I thought. Uh, but then Raikkonen then backed off for a little bit and just saved his tyres, just saved a little bit of fuel, got himself ready for what he knew was to come, which, as you say, was after the first pit stop. Great dice between them, but then after the first pit stop, he knew in the second phase, uh, those extra special laps just vaulted him into the lead. What had happened, of course, in the meantime was Lewis Hamilton hadn't helped his cause by making a mistake, the first mistake I can remember in the race by, at the pit stop, just going too soon. The lollipop man, as your man did uh, at Manukura, we could go flip the lollipop over to say select first gear, and whereas Christian went off into the night with half the fuel rig with him, Lewis at least stopped, but it cost him a couple of seconds. Yeah, I think it, it, it was no more than a couple of seconds. I thought they, they recovered their composure pretty well, to be honest, because you know, it's panic stations when, <laughs> when that sort of thing happens, but uh, they, they recovered their composure pretty well. As you say, I think really a couple of seconds was all, all that was in it, and then Riken had helped himself to a couple of seconds with some, some flying laps, and that was the end of it. But, well, you, th- you thought that was the end of it, but McLaren then pulled what I thought was a master stroke with short stopping Alonso instead of stopping for about nine and a half seconds worth of fuel he put on six seconds worth of of fuel so he was actually in command of the race so it was actually making Ferrari think I thought that was pretty good uh, mind games going on on there really because Ferrari was said right okay we've got this but McLaren just another roll of the dice if you like see if they could panic Ferrari into doing something or make make Raikkonen push a little bit harder but everybody kept their heads and it unravelled as we anticipated it probably would. Yes, you're right. It it was very interesting just to watch that and actually try and work out what happened because when Lewis had his uh, slightly delayed stop, that allowed Fernando Alonso then to take the lead in the middle stint of the race. And you say they shortened his his fuel load, they shortened that stint, which threw, I think, Ferrari uh, off guard a little bit. Uh, But the problem for Fernando Alonso was that when he rejoined after the pits, he got stuck in traffic. And that kind of banjaxed that a little bit. It wasn't ever going to work. But nonetheless, worth the try. So then, as you say, fantastic laps from Raikkonen. And we really then, I think, Ian saw what the Ferrari was capable of, what Raikkonen's capable of, what we've known all along. Any goes to the lead, and Alonso takes second place. So, at the end of the day, Ferrari first, McLaren second and third, just about what we expected. Uh, and I think people shouldn't be too downhearted at the fact that Lewis Hamilton didn't win this, because I think I spent a bit of time on Radio 5 explaining to people, don't expect, because he's on pole, he's going to win, as he did in North America. Yeah, poor Lewis. He's had his worst race in Formula 1, and he's, and he's finished third. His ninth consecutive uh, podium. You know, his driver's done 150, 200 races that never finished in the top three and uh, he, he'll rate it as a bad one um, the good thing is he'll still be leading the championship after Nürburgring because he's 12 points in the lead so he will still lead the championship after the Nürburgring I think when we get to Hungary McLaren's going to be strong again I think it's a slower twistier tracks if, if we look at the three races where McLaren were superior I think Hungary is going to be one of those um, so they're obviously working on the, on the fast track stuff because um, they've got to narrow the, narrow the gap a little bit but they're, they're leading the championships at, at the moment it's, it's, theirs, it's theirs to lose as long as they keep finishing second and third 
um, then they're okay. And say, the momentum is still behind Lewis, isn't it? I mean, we have to say, Boris, before we, we finish on Lewis Hamilton this, this time around, what he's brought to the British Grand Prix is fantastic. I mean, it's yet again, even though it's here at Silverstone, it's become a great British sporting event. It's, it's been a pleasure to be here. Well, 80,000 people came to uh, practice and qualifying on Saturday, which is 2,000 more than came to the race in 2006. And I think you can definitely say that is the Lewis Hamilton factor. And just to finish on Lewis, Ian, uh, he was explaining after the race that uh, he wasn't quite happy with the handling of the car all weekend. He hadn't got the setup quite right. He said it was uh, something to do with the rear end of the car, and he wasn't quite pleased with it. He'd gone a different way to Fernando, which I think is interesting, because Alonso, we've heard, tends to do most of the setup, and Lewis has followed him. This time he went off on his own, didn't quite work, and he was struggling. Tires were graining, apparently, in the second stint, and so on. That's why you saw his pace drop off a little bit. So he just rolled it off and brought the car home. But as you say, third place, hey, you know, it's uh, more points, and and uh, he still keeps him in the lead of the championship. Lewis Hamilton also said, Ian, that, and this is quite honest of me, he said, if uh, Felipe Massa hadn't had his problem at the start when the engine just died and he had to start from the pit lane, he says, I probably would have finished fourth. Yes, I think that's probably right. I mean, Massa was flying. He had a great drive from starting from, from the pit lane, which we'll, we'll chat about in a minute. Yes, I, I think Lewis is, is being very honest. He, I thought there was something wrong with the fact that he chose to start on the hard tyres. Then he went, even on his second stint, he went on the hard tyres, didn't put on the softer ones, which we all reckon must be two or three tenths lap quicker. He didn't run them until right at the end. And he obviously, other than that very special lap yesterday afternoon, which he'll probably reflect on now and saying, well, the crowd probably gave me three tenths <laughs> on, on that cheering, cheering him round. Um, yeah, it, obviously things weren't, it just wasn't working for him this, this weekend. The car wasn't in harmony with the, with the tyres at all. And interesting, they, they weren't really quick uh, at the test here. Uh, the Ferraris were quick, Toyotas were quick, but McLaren weren't. But they had the test drivers here. You know, Lewis was busy and doing Goodwood and various other bits and pieces. And they might just reflect on the fact that, you know, you've got to use the race drivers for, for testing um, because they do drive different to the test drivers and you know it's all about getting the car the driver the tires in absolute harmony and if you if you if you haven't done the test beforehand you're putting yourself at a bit of a disadvantage so as we were mentioning earlier Felipe Massa had to start from the pit lane. Uh, the, the race was shortened by one lap as they had another start as a result of that. But he made fantastic progress uh, carving through the field and he got right up to fifth place and then gave chase to Robert Kubica in the BMW for the last, uh, it was 16 laps, 13 laps, sorry. Uh, but he could not get past the BMW. I thought Robert Kubica actually did a very sterling job there, just keeping the door closed very nicely because Massa had been, had the bit between his teeth, was really flying and had, uh, had a better car, but yet Kubica she kept him behind yeah I mean those the first 10 laps he passed 10 cars or 12 cars I think it was in the first 10 laps I mean it was sensational stuff really great um, yeah he could have oh dear that's the end of my weekend sort of thing but uh, no he got the bit between his teeth he's, he's in contention for the championship and uh, every single point counts as, as you build up over the season but you're right when he came across uh, Robert Kubica uh, he found a tough nut to crack, and I thought it was fair. Um, every 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 move was fair. It was it was close. The Ferrari was superior, is superior to the to the BMW, but place the car on the right part of the track, 
and it's bloody difficult to get past and Massa couldn't do it but I think he was right not to do anything silly because at, at, at the end of the day those fifth place points are going to be very important to him on the final countdown Absolutely right and uh, talking about points Ian um, the fourth place for Robert Kubica coupled with sixth for Nick Heidfeld means that BMW have come away from these first two European races back after North America with 17 points not a bad tally is it I mean BMW is still going from strength to strength keeping Renault at arm's length not quite getting on terms with McLaren and Ferrari but again a good performance from Heidfeld not his favourite circuit as you've told us before he qualified ninth they got ahead of the Renaults and there he was finishing sixth he was well pleased with that Yeah I think he's got uh, every right to be and, and, and you're right to say BMW are doing a very very good job uh, they're very definitely the, the third best team uh, you know, it's a big mountain for them to climb McLaren and Ferrari are a second a lap really a, a, ahead of them when it comes to, to race pace but uh, doing a very solid job both drivers doing very well Kubica again is you know coming back from that uh, shunt in Canada missing America but he's had two fantastic races Morris really I mean I don't know perhaps, perhaps they knocked something into him when he had when he had that shot because actually I mean he's he's just about to celebrate a year as a as a Formula One driver and I have to say you know, and that horrifying shunt that we we saw, but the two races he's done since he'd come back has been very, very special. I mean, forgetting Nick doesn't like this place. Um, he's got a teammate that's pushing him all the way right now, and uh, BMW will be very pleased with that. It, it's been very methodical the way they've taken over what was the old Sauber team, and, and really, I, th- I think, got it together far quicker than most of us thought that, uh, that they would. And yeah, you're right, they're leaving Renault and the others trailing behind. Well, talking about Renault, okay, they got both cars home on the points, which is, is quite an achievement considering how competitive it is in the field at the moment with Fisichella finishing eighth just behind Heike Kovalainen. But I think it's significant in that um, uh, they are losing ground, as you rightly say, to BMW. And today was a good example of why, in that both drivers complained of handling problems, but they were different. In that uh, it was Giancarlo Fisichella when he put the soft tyres on for the final stint just couldn't make the car work whereas Kovalainen couldn't make the hard tyres work so you know it, t- it gives you an indication of the problems that Renault have got yeah it's it's not just Renault it's most of us actually <laughs> Morris here um, the tyre choice was difficult um, we struggled to make the soft tyre work um, or Adrian Tuttle struggled with the with the soft tyre preferred the hard one um, it, it's a matter of driving style the hard one was a bit too hard uh, to be honest and the soft one was just not very nice um, I don't think anybody really really liked it um, we we never got to grips with it during the test and I think everybody else was probably the same and it, it's a matter of driving style Fisichella all finesse Kovalainen and a bit arms arms and elbows very different styles and, and they would have found it a bit difficult. I think Renault would have been hugely disappointed actually by the race pace. They thought that they got themselves back on terms but from what I saw today they've still got a bit of catching up to do.
in ninth and tenth places we've got Rubens Barrichello and Jensen Button uh, in the Hondas Ian I think I'm correct in saying they're the, uh, the Honda were the only team to one stop both drivers uh, the Barrichello saying that he felt he'd had a very good race under the circumstances it's a pity he didn't get close enough to score any points Jensen Button uh, suffering with back problems after the uh, shunt of course goes right back to Indianapolis the first corner shunt he didn't take part in practice on Friday because he wanted to rest his back and he got quite he qualified the car he had a problem with yellow flags when he qualified it that's why he was so far down the grid then he had understeer in the race itself nonetheless I think uh, from where they were in the grid up to ninth and tenth uh, wasn't too bad because you were not too far behind them at Spiker uh, on the grid I took great pleasure in going to see the uh, Honda staff on the grid to say that we were sniffing at them a couple more races and uh, we'll, we'll be in front. I think they just had to do something different from, uh, from where they were, to be honest. I mean, it must have been hugely disappointing for them. Uh, what was sad that Button had had some problems because, you know, we thought he looked good in France. Well, he did. Mm. He, and I, I spoke to him after the, the race in France and he actually felt the car had made some progress. It got some front end and he could chuck it around a bit like a go-kart, but it looked more like a tank to me around here. Yeah, yeah, it did, I'm afraid. And I think they, they, they felt that they looked pretty tired after after the race. As did David Coulthard, who finished 11th, said he was struggling with oversteer uh, on the Red Bull. Uh, he, he made a few mistakes. He never really got the car working to his liking. And then on top of that, he had a bit of a collision with Nico Rosberg, who came home in 12th place. Rosberg, by the way, had a misfire during qualifying and that's why we didn't see the usual uh, fire from him in, in qualifying and why he was down in 17th place. Overtook a couple of cars on the first lap, but then he had a bit of a brush with uh, David Coulthard and uh, dropped behind the Red Bull and finished, as I say, 12th. Alex Wirtz qualified 13th finished 13th uh, had a bit of a misunderstanding depends who you talk to uh, with Scott Speed when they were being lapped the pair of them and they were in a battle locked in a battle for a mighty 13th place and uh, Alonso was coming through and uh, I think Virch tried to go through as well and overtake Speed did you see that incident? Yeah I, I think yeah it was an opportunist moment by Virch really I mean you, you always I always like to think that when and talk to our drivers about when you when somebody's coming up to lap you and you're battling with somebody try and tuck in behind him and, and, and go through catch him by surprise actually there's mm. two cars coming through um but yeah i mean this is speed's always I mean, they call him scott no speed but uh <laughs> here in the the pit lane but i'm not still don't think he quite knows where his mirrors are um and yeah, it's just just one of those things, really. I mean, they were they were battling for nothing, and both came away with nothing. Um, uh, it was Williams struggled a little bit this race. It was um, it was a bit of a surprise. Rosberg had his his misfire yesterday, but and he ran quite light. I think it was the first man to make a, a pit stop to try and make up some some ground, but it just didn't really happen for him uh, this weekend at all. And the the two Red Bulls and the two Toro Rossos also really. Didn't, didn't do much um, I think it, they've all been a bit disappointed with that to be honest well they're unreliable again uh, you know this is the problem because uh, David Coulthard as I say was struggling with his car at least brought it home to finish but Mark Webber yet again another uh, retirement he had hydraulics failure and uh, the hapless uh, 
Tony Oluzzi had gearbox trouble again, even though he was running near the back and dropped out. So the, the actual finishers were, um, it was Verts, as we said, in 13th place. Takumisato came home two laps down in the Super Guri in 14th. His teammate, Anthony Davidson, was forced to retire after 35 laps with, un, as un, unknown as yet, a mechanical problem. They haven't really got to the bottom of what it was, but the car felt pretty evil. And he, that ended a miserable weekend for him when he spun off uh, in front of the British Racing Drivers Club. <laughs> Uh, during qualifying so that's uh, a weekend that dip Anthony Davidson's first British Grand Prix actually thinking about it uh, didn't end too well Christian Albers home in 15th place tell me the story about your team in um, we out qualified uh, Sato uh, we were 10th behind Davidson so qualifying performance was which you which is our worst aspect uh, right now was, you know, we got a scalp. <laughs> you know, every 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 little step forward. Uh, Adrian was was Adrian Suter was hanging on to him pretty well, to be honest. Um, well, they they both were. Adrian was on the hard tire. Chris was on the uh, on the soft tire. We were ahead of Sato uh, all the time. Then Adrian's engine started to overheat after nine laps. We kept turning the power down or telling him to turn the power down, but it exploded on. Uh, uh, lap 17 so that was that was his race run Chris was doing okay uh, was ahead of Sato most most of the time but he got a raw deal in traffic and the problem is you know when you're right at the back you really got to keep moving over and he had three um, times when he was being lapped when he lost about five seconds and his 15 odd seconds advantage he had on Sato just disappeared with the lapping it's it's luck of the draw you've got to stay out of the way when there's a when there's a race going on even though you know you're facing racing for 15th place and pride and all the rest of it but you know they, there you go it's just tough all right, well, to, to wrap up here at Silverstone, then uh, the other times were Yarna Truly, who had handling problems with the Toyota, never happy with the car all weekend and certainly not during the race. Uh, Davidson, we talked about with uh, unspecified mechanical problem, retired. Scott Speed had the collision. Ralph Schumacher, a wheel fixing on the Toyota, uh, caused him to retire after having qualified sixth, but he dropped back at the start pretty quickly. Never really did a lot. Dismal meeting for uh, Toyota, you have to say. Then uh, Adrian Sutil was out, as, uh, as Ian has just outlined, and Mark Webber, as I said earlier, with hydraulics. Fastest lap, by the way, went to Kimi Raikkonen, as you might expect, uh, on lap 17 with Felipe Massa, second fastest. There we are, Ian. That's uh, the two Ferraris, first and second fastest as well, wrapping up the, the race weekend for them. Victory, as I say, for Kimi Raikkonen uh, here at Silverstone, round nine of the championship means that we go to the Nürburgring in two weeks' time for the European Grand Prix with the championship showing that Lewis Hamilton is still at the front, 70 points, with Fernando Alonso having finished second today at 58 points, then Kimi Räikkönen moves ahead of his teammate Massa, 52 points to 51. Those are the names at the head of the championship, as I say, as we're now moving solidly into the second half of the season. We'll be there, as ever, Ian and I, uh, with the Formula One show for Guardian Unlimited. Join us then. But until then, remember, keep the revs up, safe motoring, and I'll talk to you then. Bye from Silverstone.